Welcome to Falling for Learning. This is T.D. Flinaw, and we are so glad that you have joined us today. This is an episode that is a part two about how to get kids writing. We know that many kids out there really don't like writing. They may even hate writing. And we are going to continue to talk about ways to make sure that students love writing. So it's not going to happen overnight. So I want to be clear with that. But there are techniques and strategies that we can use to help lead them to that path where they're loving to write. So first, we want to review what we did last episode. Our last episode, we discussed how we want to get kids on a pre-writing journey. So one way to do that, we talked about was having a discussion with students about what they're going to write about. Um, and a, sorry, parents, you know, I'm talking about students, but you know, our kids are our students. So we know that this is focused on parents and what parents can do. Um, so I want to be clear about that. Our students and our parents uh, and our kids synonymous in this particular aspect. We are thinking about making discussions with students so that they can get their thinking. So part of thinking is, is talking and helping them to rehearse their ideas and to defend their ideas and to help collaborate with others. So they might be doing this with you. If you have multiple kids, they might do it more than one kid or they might even do it with a friend in their discussion to help them in the pre-writing phase. Pre-writing is before they get to the, the paragraphs and the sentences. So we want to talk about that discussion. That's something that we do before. You might be doing a brainstorm, general, um, just writing down information in an unstructured way. You might make it more structured with a a graphic organizer in which students are categorizing what they're writing about, um, but using phrases and words to help capture their ideas. And then we talked about giving that first draft down, the sentences and paragraphs. We also talked about scaffolding, meaning to give them supports by giving them sentence starters. And depending on your child's level, it could be very heavily scaffolded with several words that started in the sentence for them. And then they add a couple of uh, words to it. Or your child might be ready for one to two words at the beginning of a sentence and then they write the rest. Um, or they might be ready just to write sentences. You do need to think about where your child is so that you can make sure that you're attending to their needs. The next part we want to talk about is about the feedback. A lot of parents want to skip right into the writing that they've done and question why they wrote this, why it's spelled this way. And we tend to really, really focus in on correctness when our kids write. However, I'm going to ask you to pump those brakes. We're actually not going to jump right into correctness when we talk about our students writing. When we have that first draft in front of them, what we're going to first talk about is positives. Again, I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. We are going to focus on the positives. If you're wondering why your kid hates writing, it might be because you've been going in on the writing instead of 
positivity towards their writing. You are sending the message when you focus on negative that they're not good at writing and they suck at it, that their writing is trash. But of course, you don't want to give them those that kind of feedback. And I know that we don't mean to do it, parents, and that we're concerned that the kids may think this is acceptable writing, but that's not it. Developmentally, they are in a place where they're going to make lots of mistakes. And then for my middle school parents specifically, our kids are supposed to be stretching themselves by using more sophisticated vocabulary and more um, complex sentences, compound, complex, and then compound, complex sentences. So it's not little baby stuff anymore. And as you are growing, we know this from our personal experience, you're going to make mistakes. Learning is part, you know, learning and and failing to learn and and stumbling is part of the learning process. We know this. So we got to make sure that we give our children that grace and that space so that they can make those mistakes and they don't internalize negative messages about what writing is and who they are as a writer. Again, we got that first draft. We have pointed out some positives about their writing. It could be a particular word that they used. Be specific. Please don't be general. Oh, that was good. Be specific. Oh, I like how you use that word to describe. That part was funny. You really want to give them specific feedback. Think of four different specific pieces of feedback that you can give them. And if the writing is trash, and it might be, That's how it is. We know that writing is a neglected skill across the United States. So it's okay. Your kid's writing might be trash. It might look like crap. And it's okay. You aren't going to tell them that though. Not going to tell them that because we're accepting them where they are and we are building them up. What you're going to tell them is that you liked that they did two paragraphs. You liked that they filled up the page. That they wrote three sentences. That they used... um, capital letters um, in certain places. So you want to be specific and you want to find the positives. It might be just that they wrote neat, that they wrote the entire time and they were working for the time period that you gave them to write. Maybe you gave them 10 minutes and they wrote that whole 10 minutes. So that's the positive that you're going to give them. It's okay. So then the next thing we want to talk about as we have given them positive feedback after these messages, I will tell you what we're going to do. The days are flying by. You know you need to buckle down and provide learning activities for the kids to prevent the summer slide. Let me help you out. Join our email list and in exchange, you will get our freebie, 10 ways to squeeze learning into the busy days. Don't let another day go by without providing fun and learning that will give your child the competitive advantage. Go to tinyurl.com slash learn 10 ways. Okay, so now when we're thinking about after we've given the child some positive feedback, our next step is thinking in terms of helping them to improve the quality of their writing. So I'm very being very strategic in how I'm choosing my words. I'm not saying that we're correcting their work. 
What I'm saying is we're looking at places that we could level up the quality of writing. So the way that that is done is that we think about the revision process. So revision, again, and I'm going to say it again to make sure that we're really clear that we're improving the quality of writing. And what that means is that we're looking at adding details. We're looking at making sure we clarify information. We are making sure that we are taking out extra information if it's too long. Or we might be rearranging the way that we have presented information. So it may be out of order or it may not show the cause and effect relationship. And then we can change it so that it flows better. So that is where we're looking at how to make sure your middle school child's writing is moving away from the elementary level writing. And the reason why I make a distinction between revision and editing is because of many, many parents focus in on editing. They focus in on correctness. Are there capital letters? Are there periods where they belong? Um, or are there um, spelling errors? So that gets you only so far. It gets you correct writing. But we want the child to not only have correct writing, but high quality writing. And the way that we do that is focusing on revision. And again, framing revision as a place to look at the quality of what is written there, not at the correctness of the writing. Now with a lot of computer and internet tools, such as spell check and all of those different aspects, the editing can be done, but does not have to be the focus. Um, and there's lots of support for it. But what they really need practice on is thinking about how to level up the writing. So you want to choose one area where the child can improve the quality of their writing. And you want to choose wisely. So notice you may see 30 mistakes in the writing, 30 areas that can be made better, thinking about quality and even thinking about correctness. But you're not going to nitpick or bother the child with all of those mistakes because all of those mistakes are not actually how they can improve. Developmentally, they will be annoyed. They will not, and they will also not know why they're fixing these mistakes. They will just, they could just do what you ask them to do. And sometimes they won't even do that because again, the understanding isn't there. So again, I'm saying choose one area in which you're going to ask them to improve their writing and try to get a lot of bang for your buck. So another area that you could think about is their uh, word choice. That's another way to improve the quality of the writing. So if you've seen that they have used the same word over and over again, 
um, then you could help them think about different synonyms for that same concept that they're discussing. So if someone's writing about, for example, a baby sister, it's very easy to see that they may have written about, uh, wrote the words baby sister, you know, 20 times in a writing piece. Um, but you could go back and give them different ways to write that so that their writing is not very repetitive and that it flows well. And this is a thing that will be, again, it's repeated 20 times in the writing. You can help them improve the piece overall. And that is something they also can transfer. They can do it themselves. You might show them the first three ways, but then after that, they're able to pick up, oh, I use baby sister again. So let me instead put my sister's name. Let me put the new baby or um, the little one or something different that you could put in the way you could reword it so that you're not repeating the same words over and over again. So choose one area and that one area should be able to improve the piece of writing in many different ways. So the next thing that we want to talk about is, um, you know, I really wanted to focus on not looking at errors, but really thinking about the quality of what's written. And, but in order for them to find their work, to get to the point where they're independently finding errors in their own writing, you want them to consider reading their own work aloud. So I'm making a clear distinction about reading it aloud themselves because they need to be able to hear what they wrote and they need to have their mouth form all those words that they wrote. Because what happens is our brains move a lot faster than our fingers. So we're either typing the work, we're writing the work, you know, but what happens if we're reading our work silently, our brain will fix those mistakes. And when we're actually writing the work, the words down, our brain might be on word number eight, and then our fingers are typing or writing word number three, maybe. So we often find that we have left alpha words or skipped words when we're writing because of that. But when you actually are reading your work aloud, your brain is not able to go on autopilot and just fix the mistakes. But instead, when your mouth needs to form those words, you'll see, oh, that word is missing. And then you'll see yourself, you'll hear yourself repeating that word, that term, baby sister, that, you know, that phrase over and over again. And notice like, oh, I need to do something to change my writing because I hear it. Um, so those are some ways in which um, the kids can learn how to know the importance of reading their own work and can actually learn how to self-correct or self-revise in this case. Um, and that's how we could get our students to a place where they are writing is better. And it's not us nitpicking, it's them being able to have a strategy so they could catch them their own places of in which they can improve their writing. So 
When we think about the writing process, we've talked about pre-writing, we've talked about drafting, getting a rough draft down. Now we've talked about revision. And the next part is editing. It is looking at how correct the writing is. Grammar, usage, errors, like getting words confused, looking at punctuation, we're looking at spelling. And there are many tools that can be used in word processing programs such as Word, Microsoft Word, as well as Google um, Docs. So there's lots of ways to get this done with help and then also um, through their own skills. After they're reviewing their work, they'll notice some errors. For the editing process, you could have it show them how to use those computer tools, but then um, the other part is you may want them to focus on one area in which they can improve. Again, the goal is that you're not nitpicking them with all their 30 mistakes, but you're helping them to find mistakes of their own. So you might um, note an error uh, that they've made throughout the paper that could help improve their writing. So it might be that they don't have paragraph breaks, so it's not really that organized, and you could help them think about where they can make paragraph breaks uh, throughout the writing. Um, another area, you could also look at um, putting periods if they have a lot of run-on sentences and helping them. That again, again helps many areas of the paper without nitpicking them about all the mistakes that might be in the paper. Um, by the end, there will still be some mistakes, and I will caution you against trying to fix 100% of the errors because that is going to make them not like writing because you have nitpicked them with every single error they've made. And we didn't do this to them when they were in kindergarten, hopefully not. And so now that they're in middle school, the same thing. Help them get their writing um, to a better place, but don't try to make it perfect um, it will take too long and they'll be really frustrated and they would have internalized that they're not good at writing and they don't like writing. So we have our editing and then they have you know, made all these changes in their writing. Their writing should be um, much better. I encourage uh, students to, if they have like a paper copy and then a typed copy, you could see the changes. But if they're just working on typing, you might want them to make a copy of the document when it's a very, um, the rough draft. And then they can have another part where they are making all these changes so they could have that beginning rough draft where all those mistakes, even though it was typed, they could see the mistakes. And then that final copy of all the changes that they've made so that they could see the progress. That also helps them. They could see the progress that they've made. That helps move them towards loving to write because they could actually see the progress that they've made. The final part is thinking about publishing the writing. And so publishing can't Publishing can be done in many different ways. It doesn't have to be put into a book or printed out, but it could just be simply like having them read it to a family member, creating a video of them reading it to a family member, to a friend, reading it to the family, um, posting it somewhere in the house. Right. So back in the day, and I don't know if it's still in your day where, you know, you put, um, you know, you put it on 
the magnets of the refrigerator. Um, some refrigerators don't magnetize the same way anymore, but you know, a place that you could tape it up on the wall or even frame it if you want to and to celebrate the writing where it is. And again, leave some of those mistakes because just like we're in, you know, we see those kindergartners and we see that progress the same way. We could see the prog- progress that they've made at the end um, when they're like a couple years from now. So Again, those are ways to help the kids through the writing process, help them like the writing, help them enjoy what they're doing. And we are so glad that you've joined us today. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Remember, we drop our episodes every Saturday at 5 p.m. Please join us again. Thank you for joining the Falling for Learning podcast. Have a great week. Thanks again for joining the Falling for Learning podcast. You could find us anywhere that they distribute podcasts. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, and you can find us also on YouTube, like and and subscribe at Falling for Learning. So that is youtube.com slash at fall, the number four, learning. youtube.com slash at fall for learning. Every Saturday at 5 p.m., 